you are listening to Demise of the Podcast with Patrick Attaway, my podcast where I discuss writing. Only today we're getting into 2144, the next chapter of the Nero series. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, you need to go back and you need to listen to 2140 and work your way back to this episode. If you like the podcast and you would like to support it, you can go buy my books on Kindle. They are 99 cents for the most part. My novels are, I think, six bucks. And I have a new paperback poetry collection coming out in November called Parked in the Flower Bed. My latest poetry book, Iconic Misery, came out this month in October. And my last novel, Birch, came out in July. I don't currently have any writing projects going on right now. I'm focusing on this podcast and getting out the Nero series. After this, I want to see where the wind takes me. But I made a tweet about how I don't want to be known as a prolific writer. I want to be known as a quality writer. And I am 31 and I already have 15 books. And... I don't want to be the guy in his 40s that has over 20 books because my favorite authors, because Sherry Bukowski had a lot of poetry books, but at the same time, he only had, what, six novels in his entire lifetime. Brett Easton Ellis doesn't have that many novels. Uh, I, w- I, I can't really point to Percival Everett as a good example because he releases sometimes more than one novel a year, and I will say that most of them are fantastic. Um, David Sedaris puts out a new collection every few years, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of him as being prolific, but at the same time, he's doing it one per year uh, on a, a rough estimate. I released my first two novels in the same year, back in 2020, and to have two novels come out after that is a pretty big deal, and it also begs the question of, at what point will quantity overtake quality? So I, I, I'm being mindful of that. And I was hoping to use the podcast to explore more writing opportunities to see if people wanted something else, kind of like Nero. Though people are listening, I haven't heard anything from anyone at all, positive or negative. So that's great. Uh, I'm kind of fed up with everything right now when it comes to the creative process I'm thinking about making more music but at the same time I've put out 55 albums and I technically have a 56th album with this Nero soundtrack I'm not going to release it as a a whole I'm thinking about releasing more of like an EP of the best songs from this collection but that remains to be foreseen Anyway, I'm done talking, okay? Okay. Enjoy the latest chapter of Nero. Commissioner Cullock opens an evidence bag and tosses the colt on his desk. This morning, Frisco Mana. An 11-year-old student at Barack Obama Elementary tried to use it, and his teacher tackled him. 
We don't have a register on this gun, Kulluk says. It predates 2085. You know that you could have just asked to plant evidence in our lockup, right? Then the person who stole it would have known, I say. Okay, Nero. You proved we have a security issue. I think I proved more than that. Sure. We have the officer in charge of evidence security on unpaid leave right now, and we're investigated. That's all we can do. I already know you're not bound by the same rules as us. The stolen Colt tells me two things. Someone is only taking the guns out of evidence because they're more accessible. And they're not very bright because they didn't test the gun first. Then again, they might have sent Frisco in with a broken gun to prove they're still out there. Frisco's been missing since 2140 and walked into his first grade classroom though. I'll let you know what I find, I say. If you want to work on this together, that is. You will no longer receive pushback from us, Nero. You've made it clear you think you're above the law. No, I say. I'm not interested in law. It doesn't apply to me at all. I was picked by God for this. Each week, I have to change the batteries and SD cards and the cameras I keep at each school. Today, I actually have footage that I could use to get closer to these people. This only makes me anxious because I have to wait until nightfall and sneak around to get the footage, so I'll have a few hours to kill. Eddie's Liquor Store, Old American. Looks like it used to be a Piggly Wiggly. The floor tiles are older than Eddie. He's wheeling in cases of McCord Moonshine, which isn't as tasty as Arthur's Mash. Well, there's Frankenstein, he says. That gun you lent me came in handy, I say. You hear about the kid who almost shot his teacher today? I've been here all day, and you don't see a TV in here, do ya? I don't know if it made the news yet. Just thought you want to know I'm a little closer to saving some kids. Hoorah, Eddie says. You coming to buy another case of mash? Sure, I'll take one. I think I paid you back for the fireworks by now. God, I wish some kid would toss a match in that place and blow it up. Wait up at the counter and I'll bring you your booze. With such a big space, Eddie shouldn't be the only one working here, especially at his age. I'm not the kind of guy who drinks alone, so I have boxes of clear green alcohol sitting in a closet. I'd throw a party, but that requires friends. How much it take for a big guy like you to get plastered on this shit? Eddie asked. One jar will do it. Jesus, if I drank a jar of this stuff, my wife would think she won the lottery. I park down the street from Barack Obama Elementary and wait a minute to see if anyone's around. Exchanging the memory cards and batteries requires a little organization on my part so I carry a case that separates them with labels for each position. As I approach the lamppost across the school, I recall that Citadel's parents were murdered. However, I don't recall the police saying anything about Frisco's family. 
I also never saw the kid in person. Will he be returned to them with police protection? Maybe his former teacher was smart enough to warn the police over the phone or something. It's also possible his family moved during the period he went missing. When I look at the footage, Frisco walked to the school. He wasn't dropped off like Citadel. Footage from another camera shows him leaving a teleportation terminal. Now I have to go look at the logs for that location. Or I could call and ask. Atlanta teleportation, a man answers. How may I assist you? You are located near the old Jefferson Tate campus, right? I ask. Yes, sir, but our offices are closed for the evening. I'm the evening maintenance associate. I just need to know if you're in there, in case I have to come over. I need some information about the terminal down on the street from Barack Obama Elementary. Unfortunately, that's not public. Uh Uh-huh, I interrupt. My name is Nero. You've heard of me. Oh, he says. What do you need specifically? Around 8.15 this morning, a boy teleported there and tried to shoot his teacher. I need to know where he came from. Right, I'm, I'm looking through the log. Thank God you gave me a specific time because so many kids go through in the morning. Looks like he came in from Chattanooga. Alright, thanks for your time. I've never been to Tennessee other than driving through on the way to Portland. I guess I need to take a trip to Chattanooga in the morning. My earlier theory was that if this wasn't based in Atlanta, then the teleportation terminals helped conceal their identity and take the kids far from their homes. But it could just be that Frisco was sent to Chattanooga and back to Atlanta as a way to thwart snoopers like me. Usually, I slide the cases of whiskey I buy from Eddie across the floor and into the closet, but now I have to pick it up to stack on the others. The bottom of the box says it's made and shipped from Chattanooga, Tennessee. There's not money in liquor like there used to be. With haptic masks, people tend to zone out in their own worlds and don't need intoxicants. When I used to hang around Jinzy Lobe's bar where I met Rosa, the number of patrons was sparse. I never bought a haptic mask, though maybe I'd benefit from mentally checking out from everything. The guy from Atlanta Teleportation didn't tell me where in Chattanooga, Frisco came from, so I might as well go to Seattle. When I arrive, whatever expectation I had for this city makes me wish I'd stayed in Atlanta. Every building I see up and down the street is abandoned. A bridge merging two sides of the river is missing a huge chunk in the middle. And the largest structures appear to have metal frames reaching upward but they're hovering over empty spaces. Looking at the map on the terminal, I have my answer about Frisco, because there's only one terminal in this county. So I start roaming away from downtown and try finding actual people. No one is around me, so it feels like I'm investigating the aftermath of an atomic bomb. When I get close to another section of the river, I see a power substation in front of a long building made entirely out of shiny dark wood. Sort of like the color you'd see on a barrel covered in lacquer. Unlike everything else here, remnants of old America, this place is relatively new. 
New construction is rare in New America because no one has the money for it. An aesthetically similar sign swings from a post reading, New Brand Distillery. Apparently, this is where Eddie is getting much of his liquor from. This place is within walking distance of the teleportation terminal Frisco used. A car is approaching from the far end of the road. The steel bars on the front tells me it's a cop. I doubt the police here are aware of me. It's also the only car I've seen on the road since I arrived and the officer, coincidentally, is the only person I've seen. Morning, he waves with his window down. Need any help, sir? Um, I walk a little closer. I'm from Atlanta and just noticed this really beautiful distillery. I don't think I've ever seen a building like it. Yeah, well, it, it's private property. And I got a call about someone wandering around the place. Oh, I've been on the sidewalk the whole time. Maybe just keep walking, okay, buddy? Actually, do you mind talking for a second? I lean into the car. There was an incident at Barack Obama Elementary yesterday, and a suspect came in straight from that terminal over there. Sorry about that, but I have to make my rounds. Just move along. Who called you, by the way? I point it back at the distillery. Do they not have security? Please move away from my vehicle. I turn around and walk straight on the blacktop path leading to the parking lot. The officer exits his car and starts following me. Maybe we should just have a quick powwow, I ask. Sir, if you don't get off this property, I have to take you in. That's when I face the officer, who has to bend his neck up to see me and cross my arms. He's protecting something. While this place not be connected to Frisco or the kidnappings at all, I still have to investigate. You got a gun? I ask. Yes, I'm a police officer. Mace? No, I don't personally carry. What about a taser? Chattanooga police only carry firearms. Who came up with that policy? There are no local laws. It's true, though. When New America was founded in 2085, the President and Supreme Court are the two branches of government. There are no officially recognized state borders or county ordinances. I'm just fucking with this guy, though. Sir? Final warning, he says. You're gonna need backup to take me down, I say. I'm just browsing. He looks around me and I hear people gathering outside the distillery's entrance. Are they not busy enough inside to ignore one guy walking around out here? The officer draws his weapon and takes aim at my legs. Shoot, I say. See what happens. Wait, someone says. A woman approaches us and holds up a hand to the officer. Oh, Miss Luna, the officer says. Maybe you should wait inside. Hello, sir, Luna says. I'm the day manager here, and I'm the one who called for a courtesy officer to see about you being here. We do not have anyone on our roster for official business today. What about unofficial business, I ask. If you need to be here for some reason, then you need to schedule an appointment. No, I say. 
I'm now curious enough to actually walk inside and take a look. Since you called him here, I guess it's a question of whether or not you want to see me beat up a copper. Not today. Okay, you just threatened an officer, the cop speaks up. I only have to reach down a little to grab his right wrist, and he discharges around before dropping his gun. The shot makes all the looky-loos go back into the building. I pick up the man by putting both hands under his armpits and make him face me at eye level. Have you ever heard of the Trinity? I ask. Birch? Yeah, the man nods. Are, are you Nero, that guy from Atlanta? Yep, I say. You want to pick up your gun and leave now? After he agrees to go, I turn my attention back to Luna, who is even shorter than the officer. She's probably around 40, but I can tell her job must be difficult because of the gray streaming from her temples to the end of her hair. Want to give me a chore? I ask. No, she says. Listen, I didn't even know this place existed five minutes ago. I came here for an entirely different reason. Now your reaction gives me reason to suspect that someone or something in this place is the root of my investigation. I can't have you disturbing my workers when they're around alcohol and other materials. We have a strict no visitors policy. Then let me speak to the owner, I say. Could you just tell me what you're looking for? Another car arrives, but this time the driver isn't a cop. Chattanooga is overcast with absolutely no sign of the sun other than the white light in the sky. And this man has on sunglasses. Luna tries pulling me out of the way and the driver holds up a hand as if to tell me to move. Instead, I stand directly in front of him with my legs against the front fender. Mr. Loria. Luna waves him back. Come, come back in five minutes. Opening the door, he leans his head out. Excuse me, he says. Are you the owner? I point back at the distillery. Yes, he nods. Could you please step aside? I'll follow him inside. He's not going to leave, obviously. Luna chases me as I follow his car to the parking lot, though. Are you his little bitch? I ask. No, but I am the manager of the distillery, Luna says. Loria jogs up the steps and practically blips out of sight. The inside of the building smells like sourdough bread and vinegar with a little caramel. A staircase leads to a small office space. He collapses in a chair and tosses the sunglasses on a pile of paperwork before resting his forehead in his palms. Loria, is it? I ask. He doesn't respond, but Luna runs into the room and tugs on my wrist as if I'm interrupting a master at work. If you don't get the fuck away from me, I say. This man just showed up and scared away a police officer, Luna says. I can't get rid of him. Does the name Frisco Mana mean anything to you? I ask. Maybe Citadel Roberts? Loria opens a fountain pen and starts signing accounting rosters. I find his silence rude but impressive. Then again, I might not intimidate him since he's six foot five and he doesn't have to look up to me. Look, Luna says. He doesn't know these people. I told you to fuck off, I say. Jesus, did you forget what I did to that police officer? Luna, Loria says. Go back to work. There's another desk 
with a rolling chair, which I steal to sit across from Loria. The guy has a jawline that makes me look like a chinless wonder. After finishing his work for the day, which took all of 60 seconds, he looks up at me. While his eyes convey annoyance, the rest of his face resembles the statue of David. Oliver, he says. I'm sorry, I say. He exhales and looks at the sunglasses before giving me a half-assed smirk. Oliver, he says. Conversationally, people tend to ask each other for their first names, which you have yet to offer. Nero, I say. Nero? Was your mother some sort of historian? Never knew her. It's the Italian word for black. I wasn't named after anyone in particular. So, Nero, why have you come here? Surely not to harass one of my employees for the hell of it. The names I mentioned earlier, I say. They're boys who tried to murder their teachers and classmates in Atlanta. They were missing for years, and once they got close to the puberty, someone sent them to kill other children. Oh yes, Oliver says. I've heard. Didn't know their names, though. I only pay attention to the news when I'm on it anyway. I've never heard of Oliver and didn't even know new brand existed prior to my arrival. Considering he drives a newer model of GM, I'm guessing he's doing well for himself. Where'd the name new brand come from, by the way? I ask. My father built this place based on a recipe he said his great-grandfather made during the dark years. Unlike me, he had a sense of humor. New brands seemed ironic enough to him for some reason. Very to the point. He's still with us, I ask. He passed away last year, Oliver says. Now, I have some work to do, and I'm sure you have other people to bother. Actually, I think I'm going to need a little more of your time. But first, we need to work on your lack of respect for me. Rather than chew me out for being so audacious, Oliver opens a drawer, puts a file folder inside, and opens a new one to begin signing more papers. This is my cue to push everything off his desk, pick it up by the side, and flip it over. Rather than scream or back away, Oliver remains seated and caps his pen. I apparently am lacking in notoriety. I say. I mean, you named a whiskey after Arthur Lindsay, but there's no Nero anything. Arthur is a legend. But he didn't save the world, or else we'd still have the internet, cell phones, and an inflated economy. I'm the future, Oliver, and I will pin you down, force open your mouth with my dirty fingers, and pull your tongue with a pair of pliers until you start talking. You have a subtle approach to human interaction, Oliver says. I don't name any of our products, though. Before I can grab him by the collar, Oliver pulls me down to the floor by my wrist and tries twisting my arm around as his legs push against my ribs, and he plants all of his weight on my chest. Admittedly, I'm surprised, because usually people fold like kindergarten origami fortune tellers when I try hurting them. However, 
he's not entirely aware that he will have to eventually get off of me, and I will still be alive when he's panting from using all of his strength. But I don't want to wait that long. So I push my left ankle over and under me. Push up, and Oliver tumbles over. Now I have the chance to grab him by the collar, and I didn't want to hurt his pristine face. He's so damn pretty. But he's also an asshole who might be involved in human trafficking. A couple of knocks to his right cheekbone, and I expect him to beg me to stop. Instead, he relaxes his entire body weight while holding onto my arm so we fall together. We can do this until you're bruised and bloody, Oliver, I say, but I'll walk out of here without a mark. I don't even know what you're asking for, he says. Frisco Mana went to his school directly from the teleportation terminal here, not even a mile from this building. There are a lot of buildings here. This was the first one I saw with people inside. Can you please get off me, Nero? I rise, but don't offer to help him off the floor. I might have to pick up the desk and throw it at his head. I'm a dead end, Oliver says. What you're looking for isn't here. Not with me, anyway. The police officer who was here when I showed up, I said. Luna. Your business is connected with the police in some way because she was able to get a cop over here before I could even walk on your property. Who? Officer Redman? His patrol route is in this area. It's not like he has anything better to do. The Colt revolver that Frisco had on him was broken. I know because I planted it in the APD's evidence room eight months ago. Oh. Oliver says. So because I know a police officer's name and somehow the police are connected to this, then I'm automatically a sociopath? No, you're a sociopath because it took me wrestling you like a reluctant prom date to get you to talk. Given how easy it is to make Oliver laugh, I'm sure he's a lot of fun at funerals. The fact that I'm not cracking him only makes me want to try harder, though. I bet even if he had a gun pointed at his temple, he'd maintain his stone exterior. I bet there is something you care about, though, I say. Actually, I have a funny story for you. Sit pretty for a sec. Oh shit, your face. Sorry. I've taken a few punches before you came along. Where were you in 2127? You look younger than me. That car you're driving is a GM. I paid a visit to their plant in Texas back then. I was young and full of mostly piss, and a redhead took most of my cum. But see, I was angry and decided I was gonna blow up that plant. Seems to be a reoccurring plan in the back of my mind because I almost blew up the Atlanta post office once. You know what stopped me though? Any guess? Your conscience? Oliver says. Deuce ex machina. An act of God himself. Bert showed up and stopped me. 
but now he's gone. That means I am Deuce Ex Machina Oliver. I am the act of God that is going to stop you. And one thing we know about God is that he can really rain down hellfire. What do you think a little fire will do to your distillery? Oliver's eyes changed their message. Now he's getting it. I'm willing to come in here and destroy his office with no provocation. So why wouldn't I burn down the whole place? There are security cameras at the terminal and at the entrance of this property. I can show you the footage. Indeed, there's a monitor in the corner of the room. Oliver turns the clock on every feed back to 8.13 a.m. from yesterday. Frisco walked to the teleportation terminal from the opposite end of the road leading to New Brand Distillery. I might buy this setup if he actually passed the distillery instead of someone dropping him off far away. I'm not going to hassle Oliver anymore today though. If he's involved, he's aware I'm getting close. And that's enough for now. I now have a new target for my stalking hobby though. Luna sees me as I'm coming downstairs and shows the chip nail on her middle finger. I was just going to leave. Now I'm detouring in her direction. You come by those gray hairs honestly? I ask. I hope you're leaving here very disappointed, Luna says. How could any man walk away upset after he got a chance to meet you? She goes over to a group of men, pouring some concoction into a glass receptacle. Maybe I need to find a new girlfriend when I figure all this out. By then I'll probably be 50 and will pass my best years. <laughs> <laughs>